0: This week, I talk about your work environment, and special guest, Lauren Fabi joins me later on in the show. Welcome to the Sunday Night Army. I am your host, Jacob. Finally, everywhere at the Sunday Night Army, all of our stream, uh, streaming services for all of your podcast catchers. YouTube, iHeartRadio, iTunes, everywhere, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, find me everywhere at the Sunday Night Army. Questions, concerns, especially about this episode, ideas, there's going to be a lot of questions about this episode. Email me at Army at gmail.com. Alright, so let's get into this first. We're going to talk about, yeah, we're going to talk about work and employment. Because, let's face it, we spend a majority of our lives working. Think about it. Eight hours a day? How many weeks a year? Yeah, that's that's a giant chunk of our lives spent not home, making money. Now, here's a basic question for you. You guys can answer this for me. Why do you go to work? Do you like going to work? Well, that's that's two questions. Most of us probably don't like going to work, but we like the money. That's probably the biggest reason why we go to work, to make money, to eat, to have a roof over our heads, afford the things we have. Now, let's face it, we have a society that um, is geared around having a job and making money, and that's how you survive, because, well, it's just how it works. Do you like your job? Do you hate your job? That's a big question. Most people, I'm guessing, don't like their jobs really every day. They hate their jobs. But on this episode, we're going to focus on the positive side of a job, give some advice to potential employers uh, to make their environment a little bit better. If you look at how many hours you spend at work, you don't want to be in a toxic toxic environment is what makes people quit their jobs and look for something else. Uh, On this episode, we'll try to be positive. Again, this is why this is part one. Part two will not be positive. We'll get into some issues in part two in the next couple weeks. So let's focus on part one first. And for those, even those people who hate their jobs, let's look at the positive reasons how we can make things better. We'll help employers uh, today. Uh, maybe come up with a plan. Give them some ideas. We know a lot of employers are focused on the bottom line. Making money. Putting out products being successful. Sometimes your employees get lost in the shuffle. So looking at environment wise, you wanna maintain a positive environment. Now how do you maintain a positive environment? Well, to me personally, I would definitely empower and trust my associates. These are the people that that make whatever your uh, company's about. You're usually your frontline customer service people, deal with your clients directly so if your employees are representing your company you have to give them enough power to give the best impression of your company at any time Why would i have a negative uh, uh, employee if that reflects on your company every time a potential customer comes in and they have to deal with them so how do we do that well and there's a few different things. You need to have a positive environment by inspiring growth. You have to give the associate, uh, you know, an idea. They won't be stuck in their entry-level job. There's opportunities to grow, even within a small business or a large company. They have to have a goal. Goals might be uh, inspiring to uh, grow within the company, create a positive environment to where they can further themselves somewhere else, Give them that ability to grow and learn and enhance their resume, even if they don't stay with you. So that's one thing. Two, again, creating that positive energy. And this is mostly for uh, management to upper management to lower management. Building a culture within your company. Because let's face it, these are the people, besides the owners, unless you're a small company and large companies, uh, your your management team is Mostly in tune with your uh, employee base. You need to communicate better. Now, to me, that's, that's one of the key th- reasons why uh, people aren't happy because they don't know what's going on. If you have a large-scale company, thousands of people, hundreds of people, whatever. If uh, the communication path is broken between upper management, lower management, and your workforce, there, nothing positive can come out of that. How can everybody know what's going on if each layer and stage of a company doesn't communicate with the other properly or there's a delay and no one knows what's going on? That does not create a positive environment. You have to have that positive energy. You have to have a building culture. Building culture, I would explain that as you have to have um, your lower management be a part of your workforce. Now, as awful as that might seem to a lot of lower management, you are not the boss. You are an influencer on uh, your employees. You're supposed to guide them. Give them uh, the resources they need to do their job better. You are there to help. You are not there to be the boss. You are not the boss. Lower management is there to make Sure, everyone is doing what they're supposed to, yes, but you have to lead by example, not just be there to punish people. That's where sometimes everything gets lost. And again, we'll get into that in part two in the next couple weeks. Now, empowering your associates, you have to trust your associates to do what they're supposed to. And when you have lower management there all the time, understanding the jobs, understanding what everybody has to do, Uh, Leading by example, that is what makes your culture in your environment very positive. You don't want to have your uh, management come out only when there is a problem. You want them to be there all the time, good or bad, making sure that everyone is on the same page. And they have that feeling that someone actually cares. Again, one of those things that gets lost, especially in larger companies where you only see management out when it's something bad. Now, going on that, a little bit on the management and company side. Establish rules and follow them is also a key. Now, employees see this. When there's something going on within the company, doesn't matter how big or small this company is. You have rules and uh, established rules, and you have to follow them because, well, if you if you break some for some people and you don't uh, follow them for others, that creates a negative flow of energy within your company. Now, again, we're trying to be positive here today. So, establishing rules. And when you have rules, they should be there for a reason. Establishing workflow rules. Establishing environment rules. And having everyone following on the same page creates a standardized environment also. Once you standardize that environment, you will have something like a blueprint that everyone has to have to follow. And once that is established and you don't veer off that path, you will create a very positive environment. No favoritism. Established work priorities and rules. Everyone's on the same plane. And most of the time, that is one of the key issues that drives people away. Not being on the same plane. Even with the same job description. So that's some key tips. That's staying positive. Improve top down. Have everyone involved. Create a team environment. That Those are the points how to do it. And that's just my advice. Again, this is the positive episode. Part two will be available in a few weeks. And we'll talk about all the negative things that happen and how all of this that we just went through gets destroyed. So to get an expert on uh, everything we talked about, uh, I have a special guest joining me today. CEO of Lauren Faby Communications Consulting. Lauren Faby joins me on the Sunday Night Army. How are you, Lauren?
1: Hi, Jacob. Thanks. I'm great. How are you?
0: Good. But I, I need your expertise on a couple things because um, I, I'm helping inform my audience on a lot of different issues they might be experiencing, um, doing uh, their own businesses, work, ha- having different experiences in their workplace, and uh, even em- employers and employees are having issues uh, with uh, certain things. And uh, I figured... I will bring an expert on my show. And that would be you. Now, my first question, question to you is like, tell me about yourself uh, so we can understand where you're coming from as the CEO of a communications consulting company. Uh, what is it, what do you do there?
1: So basically what I do is my communications consulting company helps companies of all sizes develop internal and external communication plans that are authentic and transparent that tie back to the business goals of the company. And basically what that means is is I help businesses really hone in on what their customers are looking to gather from their services or their product, and then take those experiences and make sure that, it, that it's a successful one and, and um, really ties into the goals of the company, whether that's revenue or, or net promoter or, um, or just like a sticky relationship between the company and the um, client.
0: Okay, now, going, uh, following that up a little bit, now, do you see your clients mostly being uh, larger companies or uh, smaller ones?
1: So, interesting question. Um, my background is actually in with very large companies. I worked for um, some very um, well-known large companies you may have heard of. Um, Citrix, um, I did some work with Under Armour. Um, Kaiser Permanente, which is a US-based um healthcare company. And since starting my own consulting company, I've really found that I enjoy working with entrepreneurs and startups most um, because I feel I get a lot of, of satisfaction in um watching companies grow based on my recommendations and and I feel like I have can have the most impact there. So um Yeah. So basically, I I, I prefer to work with small companies.
0: Now that you mentioned, we'll get back to the larger companies in a second, but with smaller companies, now we know everyone has a budget. And when it comes to smaller startups, everyone's budgets are super, super tight. What would you, one of the things you would recommend uh, for their budgets for PR, marketing, something like that?
1: Sure. Um, This is a great question and something that um, I've had a lot of success with um, throughout my career. So if I can backtrack um, about eight years ago, I worked for a small um, cloud-based um, a company that that provided services for cloud-based accounting products, um, not to bore you but but I was in marketing and I was charged with developing a marketing, um, program, PR program for them. And their budget was $500 for the entire year. <laughs> so <laughs> so basically what we did was, I mean, we had me on staff and, and I just started, and this is before, um, you know, content became sort of like a buzzword. I just pumped out content. I interviewed our clients, um, you know, published articles. Um, I I tried to get as much press as we could. Um, We shouted from the rooftops everything we did. If we hired someone, we wrote a press release. If we um, got a new client, we wrote a press release. We got involved in the community, volunteering at different organizations. Um, This was before social media was really, you know, really people really had a social media strategy. We were sort of like, how can we get our name out and, and start being known as the subject matter experts on things. We started volunteering our time to speak at conferences. We were panelists. We um, promoted our clients. And that was a really, really successful campaign. Um, and, and I think that most small companies, if you take, if you take your clients – who are your biggest cheerleaders? They're the ones who know your business in and out and they know what value you provide them. If you have clients that are willing to speak on your behalf and willing to give you a quote or two, willing to you know get on camera or on have an audio file recorded and they can speak to your strengths. I mean that's that's better than buying an ad. You know, that's better than than buying ad in newspaper or you know paying an advertising company to to make a commercial for you. I mean they're your they're your biggest cheerleaders and they're the ones who've spent their money with you and continue to spend their money and see the value in it.
0: Right, that's that's an excellent example. Now, uh, going off on that, do you think that's uh, more relatable than let's say larger companies with PR firms?
1: Well, the the problems that larger companies face, um, is that more often than not, it takes a long time to, to get things approved. Um, you know, things have to sort of be, I mean, I'm making a big generalization here, but, um, larger companies typically will schedule out their communications, you know, six months in advance, at least a quarter in advance. And, you know, things change, things come up, ideas pop up. Um, they're less able to be agile, um, you know, in their, in their communications and they're, they're less able to pivot, um, when an opportunity arises, you know, typically there's a committee and it's worth of, of people. And, you know, six months from now, you know, they're, they're executing communications and PR that have, that have been planned, you know, two quarters ago um right. the exception to that is any sort of crisis pr which is a whole other can of worms that i help people with but you know if something comes up and there's you know a, a story that comes out or someone someone makes a a tweet that's offensive or something like that then those things obviously you know you need to pivot right away but for the most part um i think that i mean certainly large companies need a partner, a PR partner. If not, most of them have an internal, internal person. Um, but regardless of the size of the company, the PR and marketing person who or or group who is you know speaking on the company's behalf just needs to make sure that everything that's communicated aligns with the business goals and values of the company. That's really where small businesses get into trouble. Um, when they don't have a clear communication plan and, you know, they respond to things or they put things out there that just don't align. And so it's a little bit inconsistent and that dilutes their brand.
0: Right. Awesome. Lauren, I have a question for you. Sure. Now, uh, between uh, both types of um, uh, companies. Now, I know the larger uh, establishments will have a budgetary and, and a, a team Advantage over the smaller business, but do you think if if guided correctly by a PR professional, do you think a smaller company might have a um, a cultural or a personal advantage to their clientele?
1: Well, typically, um, I mean, and this this goes for large companies too. But one of the advantages that smaller companies have is that you know they're closer to to management. Um, culturally and what I mean by that is there's usually not that many layers between you know the the feet on the street workers and and upper management. I mean in a smaller company the the people in um, you know entry level positions can very often affect big change um, if they're if they have the confidence to, to speak up and share their ideas. And especially if the, um, if the company is set up with a culture, with a transparent, internal communication, um, program, which is something I help people with. Um, also, you know, in that company, in that the employees feel valued and they feel like they really do share in the success of the organization. So I'll give you another story. Mm -hmm. Um, I worked on a program a few years ago for a company that was doing a lot of work with Citrix. Um, and that's how I ended up getting a job with Citrix after, after this program launched, but we were a group of I'd say five employees and we developed a, um, sales marketing plan, communication plan, client facing communication plan. And I said, you know what? This is really good. I think we should, I think we should enter this into Citrix's um, global awards, partner awards, and see see where we land and see see what other people think of this program. And we ended up being a global finalist for their marketing plans. Wow,
0: that's for good. that year
1: for 2000 and was it 16 or 17? Yeah, 16 I think, but um, it may have been 15. Anyway, um, long story short, you know if small companies can be super successful, as long as there's great culture and, and the employees feel can feel pride in, in knowing that they're contributing to the the success of the company. I mean, it doesn't really matter what the, what the size of the company is could be two people, you know, could, you know, versus, you know, 50,000 people, as long as everyone feels like they're, their everyday job affects the um, the overall success of the company. It it can be a good a good thing.
0: And you touched on exactly what I want to talk about next is employee retention and their experience when they go to work every day. Now, again, simplifying it for um, for us, let's. I've been a part of uh, many different uh, establishments and companies where uh, recruiting retention and employee satisfaction have been a problem. Now, in my my personal experience, and I want your take on this, is in my my opinion where certain companies tend to fail is when exactly what you said, the goals of the company and the success of the company aren't, uh, let's say, trickled down from upper management, middle management to the employees if there are that many stages and it's not reflected throughout, now, in my uh, experience, it somewhere ends in the middle and it doesn't get translated to the employees. As much as the, uh, the employees would love to work for the company, I think they're depending on the size of the company, the motivation stops halfway through. What would you do to uh, see where the, uh, and let's say attack this problem to where? Uh, the culture and the employees and the management are on the same page to do the best possible thing for the company.
1: So I call that closing the loop. Um, Yeah. I mean, companies need to make sure that all of their goals, their business goals, their marketing goals, their plans for the future are all clearly communicated to their employees whether or not it seems like on face value, it, it, you know, it it affects a certain job type. Um, I really believe that that consistent communication of business goals is just key because, um, in, in, as far as employee retention goes, um, I do think that there are a couple ways that companies can do this. Um, You know, certainly I think that that there needs to be a top down, you know, almost giving giving middle management permission to allow their employees to feel like they have a safe place to express their concerns or, you know, express their ideas. Um, Also, employees need to know what what are the paths? You know, if they do well, you know, or if they want to change into a different part of the company, or if they want to eventually be promoted, I mean, is it clearly communicated how that happens? Um, Is it clearly communicated, you know, what the company's goals are? Are they going to be acquiring another company? Is the goal of the company to be sold? What does that mean to the employee? You know, people have lives Mm -hmm. and, um, and, you you know... they go to work every day, but but people work to live. They don't live to work, you know. I mean, they're working so they can pay tuition or their mortgage, or you know, they're saving up for a car, or they're they're working because they need health insurance. Whatever it is, um, and I think a lot of times companies lose sight of that. And um, you know, people are human. You know, one of the things that um, I mean, I work for myself now, and, and it's I'm I'm a lone ranger here. at at my consulting firm. But when I had people reporting to me, one of the things I did on a regular basis was I would sit, I would sit my direct reports down and say, what's important to you? Is it important to you that you have a flexible work schedule so that you can get to your child's game on time? Is it important to you that you put your kids on the bus? Is it important to you that you, have time during the middle of your day to go let your dog out, you know, because I think that I think we need to assume that most people are there to do a really great job. I think a lot of companies come at it in a negative way. You know, they always think their employees are trying to cheat them in some way. If they, if they express that, you know, sometimes they have a, a life need, (laughs) you know, right. that, that in, inflicts on their, on their day. But I can tell you from experience that if you give your employees permission to be honest with you and that's, you know, truly honest without worrying if their job is in jeopardy or their promotions in jeopardy, they'll give you 10 times the effort, you know, if, and and I can say this from my own, my own perspective, I had a wonderful, wonderful boss, um, in, in one of my jobs where I could be completely honest and say, you know what, I will get to the office at six 30 in the morning, but I have to leave at three on Thursday because my daughter has a soccer game and I need to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and they knew my boss knew I would give 110% effort and I would get all of my work done. The, but you know, I didn't, if I wasn't allowed to go there, then all of a sudden at three o'clock, where do you think my mind is? My mind's not on my work. Exactly. You know? And so I think that that's something that it's getting better with businesses nowadays. I think that there's more, you know, more acceptance of transparency and honesty in the workplace. I think we've come a long way. I don't think people um, necessarily believe that, that a person who is sitting at their desk from eight to five is always the most productive person in, in the company. Um, you know, I think that I do think things are improving, but I think that, um, you know, transparency and in, and transparent communication of these things are super important.
0: So do you think employers have gotten away from, uh, maybe because they're scared from empowering employees to help? Uh, you know, come up with ideas or help companies grow because I'm a firm believer in, in, in empowering um, associates, especially if you're in the management or whoever you're managing to come up with ideas to make everything better for everyone. And uh, uh, for some reason, I, I think that has gone away a little bit in uh, in my specialties anyway, in manufacturing.
1: Mm-hmm. So you're saying that you you think that Companies are getting better at empo- at empowering people. I think they've,
0: or? they've lost track of, of empowering people. Yeah, and I, think, I they're think more afraid of letting uh, ideas come out from their uh, employees.
1: Yeah, which, I mean, which
0: mind you, they are the frontline people who do the you know the grunt work, as you, uh, people like to quote right. of uh, of companies. So,
1: well, I mean, I'd like to think that there are you know. There are companies that certainly are in the forefront of, you know, being leaders in this space, but um, you know, I, I mean, I can't speak to, to manufacturing in particular, but, but I, I do think that it's, it's a hot topic of conversation. So I'm hopeful that companies will, you know, if if they have managers that are, that are stifling creativity by, by, let's say, as you put it, the the grunt the people doing the grunt work that maybe it's time to weed those people out, you know, or sit them down and say, look, you know, we're going to incentivize you if your people are are you know coming up with new ideas. I mean, I think that everyone needs to see um, the value in it. I mean, I I worked with a company a few years ago on a project that they had an initiative they needed to roll out to like 8,000 employees. And it was something that was completely new and, and sort of outside of the scope of most people's day-to-day job. And they wanted them to participate in this internal program. And, and we said, you know, how can we get these, get these middle managers to let their, direct reports participate because you know it it's outside of their regular job and we don't want them to be penalized for spending 30 minutes a day you know worrying about this this program and and so what we did was we made the success of the employees participation we made that part of the performance review for the manager so there are creative ways to, to get sort of buy-in, but I have to tell you, I mean, as a, if, if I'm in, if I'm in management or if I'm owning a company or, you know, I'm the higher, I'm an HR for a company and I've got managers stifling their employees, I'm getting rid of them.
0: Mm -hmm. Very nice. Thank you. Thank you for, um, Kind of agreeing with me there and giving us the insight. But let's switch gears for a second. Sure. Um, there, it looks like you're, there's a soon-to-be book coming out uh, by you called Game On, How to Be All In. Yes. What, what can you tell me about that? So
1: um, Game On comes from a little play on um, on sports. Um, many people are surprised when they learn that I not only own my own communications firm, but I'm also, um, an official and I officiate lacrosse for at all levels, including for the NCAA. And so thank you. And so it really is, um, I have a goal setting and achievement strategy that I employ with my clients that. I also implemented in my journey to become a collegiate lacrosse official. Um, I started out years ago without, I couldn't even run a mile. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I basically started um, officiating lacrosse games because I was a single mom and I needed money. And my kids were division one lacrosse prospects in the u.s and that's really expensive mm-hmm. and if you officiate games then you can also stay in hotels for free so right. i had an ulterior motive of <laughs> getting some extra cash being able to allow them to play club sports which everyone knows are super expensive and yes, they are. you know and and supplement my income a bit. Turns out that, um, you know, I didn't know everything that I thought I knew it was much harder than I thought. And so, um, people have told me that my story is super inspiring. I believe it is, but sometimes you, you know, it, it, you cast doubt on yourself. Right. So I, I, um, at the urging of several people have, um, um, I'm in the process of finishing um, a book called Game On, which I'm super excited to release later this year.
0: Okay. So it will be available later this year. Perfect.
1: Um, Probably the end of the spring. But, um, and and people can go to my website and, and, um, you know, send me, send me a message to get added to the, um, the information about that. It's laurenfaby.com, L-A-U-R-E-N-F-A-B-Y.com.
0: Good. And, Perfect. We're at that point. Where else can uh, anybody that wants more information about besides your uh, web- website, laurenfabe.com? Uh, use, I see you have a blog on there uh, the, and uh, how to get in touch. Where else yeah. can we find some more information in this hectic uh, internet world?
1: Yeah, follow me on Instagram at Faby. And um, I'll, I'll keep everyone apprised of the um, release date. I'm super excited about it. It's a complete departure from what I'm used to doing. And I'm um, really excited to share my experience and hopefully inspire some people to, to chase their goals.
0: But Well, I thank you personally for coming on the show and uh, sharing all your crucial information with us. And when the book comes out, let us know and we'll share it everywhere.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right. So there we go. I want to thank Lauren Fabie for jumping on the show and talking to us about all of that. Uh, a lot of great information. Check her out. Uh, we'll share all the links on uh, Twitter, Facebook. And you can find this show everywhere on all your social medias at Sunday Night Army or at the Sunday Night Army. Everywhere. All your favorite podcatchers, Just search the Sunday Night Army. Like, subscribe, follow. I appreciate everything. Uh, Give me feedback if you can, thesundaynightarmy at gmail.com. Any questions? And remember, part two of this show, where I'll be talking about the negative aspects of work environments, will be coming up in a few weeks. So there you go. Thanks for joining me on the Sunday Night Army.